Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. Here is your host, Justin Strawn. Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Glad to be with you for the late week edition of the show. I apologize for no early week edition of the show. It was a holiday on Monday, and just to be honest with you, I felt like taking a holiday for both my regular job and this job. So, appreciate you guys, though, tuning in today. We've got quite a bit to talk about. There is a new defensive coordinator who has been hired by Mike Leach to head up the defensive unit for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We'll talk about him. We'll look at what he has done in the past and what it might mean for the Bulldogs in the future. We will also look at the men's and women's basketball teams and see what they have going on and a couple of big matchups, especially for the men here in the next few days. So we've got a lot to talk about. We'll jump right into it here in just a minute. But before we do anything, let me tell you about our sponsor, Cherokee Valley Golf Course. If you're a golfer and you live in the Greater Memphis area, you're probably just like me looking for the best opportunity for you to spend your golfing time wisely. Well, why not look and check out Cherokee Valley Golf Course? My son and I golf there almost every single time we go out, and it's a great course whether you're a skilled golfer looking for a challenge or if you're a beginner somewhat like me and just trying to learn how to play the game. My son and I have been playing there for years, and we would highly recommend it. They've done a great job of keeping the course maintained. It's a beautiful course, lots of wonderful practice facilities, no reason that you shouldn't be out there honing your game. So if you're in the Olive Branch area or in the greater Memphis area, give Cherokee Valley Golf Course a look and go ahead and tell them I sent you. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course. You can call them at 662-893-4444 or you can book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show. Like I said, we have quite a bit to discuss today. There is a lot that has happened within the past week for Mississippi State Athletics. Let's start, though, with the sad news. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it just because I know everyone who is a Mississippi State fan by this time knows that Duranya Wilson was found was found dead in his home this past week. I think it was on Tuesday when that was discovered or when it was announced, at least. I'm not, I'm not 100% certain. But let me just go ahead and just give my thoughts. Look, Derenia Wilson was one of the most important parts of the 2014 team. He was a very big contributor to the 2015 team as well that saw Dak Prescott get drafted. He was a junior. He tried to get go out for the NFL after his junior season. He did not make it, and that was the end of his end of his football career. Look, it's a sad story. It's just a really sad story all around. You hate to see something like this happen, especially to a guy who was so young who had a who had a young daughter. Just an awful, awful thing. And like I said, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, just because I know you've all heard about it and you've all heard people weigh in on it. But just know that you know. If you have time, you know, just say a, just lift up a prayer for him and his family and just what they're going through now with the loss of Daronia Wilson because it is a very difficult thing to lose someone, especially to lose somebody who was that young. So, like I said, just a difficult situation all around. So, our thoughts and prayers are with, with Daronia Wilson's family. Now, on to other things. Mississippi State does have a defensive coordinator. So many people have been wondering who it was going to be, how that was going to play out. Mississippi State does have a defensive coordinator. His name is Zach Arnett. He was hired away from Syracuse 11 days after accepting the Syracuse job as the defensive coordinator there. Uh, But Mississippi State reached out to him, and they were able to lure him away, apparently because he had not signed a contract with Syracuse, and that was kind of an uh uh-oh on their part. 
the fact that they did not go ahead and make sure they had him locked up by having a signature on his contract. That was a big mistake on their part. And it allowed Mississippi State to go in and get their guy. Now, he was a previ- previously with San Diego State. That's where he made his name as a defensive coordinator. And it was a good defense, guys. There's no question about that. If you look at what he did as a defense... They were really, really good. They were fourth in the country in 2019 in scoring defense. They only gave up 13.8 points per game. That's down from 22.8 points per game in 2018. So they were really good in 2018. 23 points per game is good, but it's even better. It's a full nine points better than what they were doing the previous year. So that's the that's the most important thing to me. But there are other things as well. If you're if you're wondering what those things might be, total defense. If you're looking at if you want to know how he does there. He's really good there as well. Uh, if you look at their total defense, they were seventh in the country with just under 300 yards per game. He gave up uh, San Diego State gave up 299 yards per game. Uh, if you want to look at just more specific, let's look at rush defense uh, opponent yards per game. Uh, San Diego State was giving up. No, they were first in the country. They gave up 78.8 yards per game on the ground, and that was number one in the country. So that's that's encouraging. Let's look at passing defense. They're probably going to be a little bit lower on passing defense if they're that high on rush defense. So let me see if I can find it as well. Okay, they were a good bit lower in passing defense, which makes sense. If they were that high up in, on run defense, people probably just stopped passing against them, uh, start try, stop trying to run against them. Uh, they were 48th in the country in, rush, in passing defense at 220 yards per game. So that's where uh, a lot of the yards they gave up came from. Uh, let's look at some other things. What about turnovers? Turnovers. Let's see. How did they do on turnovers? Let's not do turnovers because that's just going to be kind of hard to figure out if it was defense or whatever. In terms of getting to the quarterback, they got 2.5 sacks per game, so that's really good. That's a, that's a that's a number that you really like to see. Let's look at some other things as well. Let's look at how about uh, third down conversion percentage. They did a pretty good job there, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were 30th in the country. They gave up 35.37% of third down conversions against them so basically what i'm trying to say if you haven't figured this out is the san diego state defense was really good yes it is not a it is not an sec defense it wasn't sec teams they were going up against but they were going up against teams relative to their own talent so that makes it has to make you feel pretty good now here's the only thing i will say about all of this though and let me just kind of caution anybody when we start talking about defense with the mike leach system you can't just look at you know yards per game that are given up when you talk about a Mike Leach defense. You can't just look up at look up points per game when you're talking about a Mike Leach defense. You just can't do that, and there's a reason for it. The defense is going to be on the field a lot in a Mike Leach system. They, they just are. They're going to score a lot of points, but they're going to score quickly. And because of the fact that they do score so quickly, and because of the fact that they are being asked to, to be on the field so much more, the defense is going to give up some yards. That's that's just all there is to it. If you're on the field for 40 minutes of the of the 60 minutes that you play, which is probably about right when I, you talk about Mike Leach offenses, so let's just kind of look at that real quick. Let me see if I can find time of possession real quick and see what Washington State did last year in terms of time of possession. Actually, you know what? It's it's not that bad. It's I thought. I thought really thought that the Washington State 
teams were a t- team that just did not control the ball very much. I think this might be a this might be a myth that we might have to end up breaking. I mean, they weren't really high, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were 73rd in the country in terms of time of possession, but their average time of possession, not including overtime, was 29 minutes and 47 seconds, so basically right at half the game. That's actually a little bit down from where they were in 2018. In 2018, they they had time of possession more than the other teams that they played, they had time possession for 32 minutes and 17 seconds. So this actually might not be as bad. So scratch all that. You know, maybe if if the if the other team isn't going to be on the field as that much, then you know what? You can you can do okay. This guy should be able to come in and make a difference. Look, it's going to be a three-three-five defense. Uh, and because of the fact that it's going to be a 3-3-5 defense, it's going to be aggressive. It's going to be tough to prepare against. And as a result, Mississippi State's going to be a tough team to play. They, they just are. So, like I said, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. I think it's going to rem- – I think Mississippi State's just going to be ultra-aggressive both on both sides of the football. They'll be aggressive on the offensive end. They're going to be aggressive on the defensive end. Look, I don't know how all this is going to work. I really don't. Uh, it's going to be one of those things that we're just going to kind of wait and see. But it should be fun to find out. And here's the other thing: I, I don't know. I don't know that there's ever going to be a time where Mississippi State wins a lot of, you know, twenty-five to twenty-one games anymore. Those games are long gone. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you better be prepared for shootouts. You better be prepared for high-scoring fairs, because that's just what the Mike Leach era has always done. So. Like, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. But I, I like the hire. I really do. I think it's going to work out well for the Bulldogs. And, you know, we'll just kind of see. If he can just get a decent defense to go with his offense, I think that more times than not, that has proven to be a successful formula for Mike Leach. And I think that will be the case this time around as well. Now we move on to basketball. Mississippi State is, for the men's team, they are on quite a roll right now. Mississippi State, after losing the first three games in conference play, they have now won three straight, two in dominant fashion. And the third was just a really solid win over a good Arkansas team. Mississippi State is making improvement in their net ranking. They are slowly climbing their way up in that particular metric, which is very important to the NCAA tournament. Mississippi State is currently 53rd in the country in the net rankings. They probably need to get at least into the the top 40. If they keep their winning ways going, then I think they'll be okay. But let's just kind of take a look at what's happened over the last three games. And what has happened is two things, really. First and foremost, they seem to have finally figured out a way to work in Nick Weatherspoon into the lineup because that seemed to throw things off there for a little bit. After he came off his 10-game suspension, they weren't playing very good. They were playing really badly, as a matter of fact. And now they seem to be playing much better. They seem to have under they, he seems to have figured out his role, what he's supposed to do as the point guard. They're not committing the turnovers that they used to be committing, and it has really steadied this team out. And in the process, they've also moved Tyson Carter to the bench. He's shot the ball much better. Now, he didn't shoot the ball real well against Arkansas, at least from the field, but his three-point percentage against Arkansas was still pretty good. So that's kind of what you want out of out of Tyson Carter. You want him hitting those, those three-point shots. You know, you'd like for him to hit his shots inside the arc as well, but where he provides his his most valuable weapon is from beyond the three-point range. So that's what you're looking for out of him. Now, the other thing, though, and probably the most important thing is the emergence of 
Reggie Perry as arguably the best player in the SEC. He is making a case to be the SEC Player of the Year. He was the SEC Player of the Week this past week. He has put up three straight 20-point performances and three straight double-doubles. And he continues to just, well, he's probably done more double-doubles than that, but uh, but three straight games with 25 plus, 20 points or more and 10 rebounds or more. And that's, like I said, he's just been extremely impressive. He is currently on the year, he's brought his average up to 16.9 points per game. He's averaging 10.3 rebounds per game. He shoots 51% from the field. And he was just too much to handle for Arkansas. Arkansas has no real length. I mean, basically, Arkansas runs out a team of players that are all about the same height. Uh, they're all like 6'4 to 6'6. And they just had no answer for him. They just kept throwing the ball down low to him. They couldn't handle him, and they'd foul him, and he'd go to the free throw line, and he would hit just about every shot. He hit 14 out of 15 free throws on Wednesday night against the Razorbacks. But it just continues to show that he is emerging as one of the best players. And if you had any hope that he might not go pro, it seems unlikely at this point. He got off to a little bit of a rough start, a little bit of a slow start to this year. He didn't really seem to know exactly. He didn't seem to be the aggressive player that he is now, but he is showing it in spades at this point. And if he can continue to do what he's done so far, Mississippi State is going to have a great chance to get back into the NCAA tournament. Like I said, they're up to 53rd in the net rankings. They probably need to crack the top 40. So what do they need to do if they're going to do that? Well, they probably need to go 8-5 and five over these last 13 games. So let me pull up the Mississippi State schedule just to kind of give you an idea of what they're looking at. Because this weekend they take a break from conference play and they move to the Big 12, SEC Big 12 Challenge and they got Oklahoma. It's a pretty good draw for them. We're going to talk about that game here in just a minute. But what they have for the rest of the year is they have Oklahoma this this weekend, and then they go to Florida, home against Tennessee, at Kentucky, home against Vanderbilt, at Ole Miss, at Arkansas, uh, home against South Carolina, at Texas A&M, home against Alabama, at Missouri, at South Carolina, and versus Ole Miss. And you basically need to go, like I said, eight and five in all likelihood if you want to make it to the NCAA tournament. And here's the deal: you can't lose. These games, you can't lose to Ole Miss. You can't lose to Missouri. You can't lose to Texas A&M. You can't lose to Vanderbilt. So basically, they have to go one, two, three, four, five. They've got to go five and zero against Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, and did I say South Carolina? I don't know if I said South Carolina or not. They may, I may have said South Carolina. Let me look at South Carolina's net rankings and see what they are, because I don't think they're doing too great either. Um, South Carolina may be right there with... Yeah, South Carolina, they're, they're 101. So you can't lose that. If you lost to them on the road, it'd be one thing. But if you lose to them at home, it's going to be another thing. So you really need to go 7-0 and in those seven games. That basically just means at that point in the other six games, you just got to go one and five. One and five against Oklahoma, Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. And I think they can do that. I think they'll find a win somewhere between Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Oklahoma. They may win this weekend. They got a, they've got a good chance at it. I think they've got a, they have a solid chance at it. Right now, Oklahoma is, let's see where they are on the net rankings. They're 47th. Mississippi State's 53rd. This would be a quadrant one win for Mississippi State. If you're in the top 50, 
I'm not sure exactly where that's, that line stops, but if it's on the road, a top 50 win is a quadrant one. Now, it may not stay a quadrant one if you win, so it's kind of one of those things where it, winning helps you, but it ends up hurting the resume of the team you played some. So, But they can win this game. And like I said, if you can win this game, then you just have to make sure you don't lose those other games. That would just be resume killers. And, it's, and look, this is a year that you cannot lose to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is... They are struggling like like we did not expect them to this year. A lot of people thought this team was about ready to, to take off. They, they have returned a lot, but they're 125th in the net rankings right now. They're 9-9, 0-6, I think, in conference play. It's it, They're just bad, and you can't afford to lose to them this year. You might could lose to Missouri on the road. They're, they're 81st, but not look, like I said, you just got to win those games and then just find one win between those other opponents, and that's doable for this Mississippi State team. Look, if you don't win on this weekend, if you don't win next week against Florida, you're still okay because you still have those those games against those teams you have to win. But the, the, what you would do is take a lot of pressure off yourself by getting wins against Oklahoma, getting wins against Florida, against Tennessee. Because if you can do that, you're, you're sitting in pretty good shape. Uh, let's see where Tennessee is in terms of the net rankings. I think they're higher than Mississippi State, and I could be wrong about that. And, of course, I can't find them easily right now. Okay, Tennessee's 58th, so they're a little bit lower. They have the same record as Mississippi State, 12-6, and 6, but I think they're 4-2 and 2 in SEC play, and Mississippi State is 3-3. Three and three, So, But, like I said, you can, you've got some t- you can make some noise. I mean, look, like I said, going 8-5 and five in these last 13 games, which is very doable, would probably put you in the tournament, but it's probably putting you as a pretty low seed. You do better, then you got a really good chance to get close to where you were last year as a five seed. Maybe you can get higher up to go for a three or a four by just knocking off some pretty big opponents and getting some, some nice wins on your resume. That's that's in the, within the realm of possibility. Huh? And look, there is not a single team in the SEC that's, that's unbeatable. There's just not. Kentucky is, you know, they're, they're talented, but they're, they don't have just an unbeatable aura about them like they sometimes do so Mississippi State could win that game they could beat Florida I mean but you know at this point you just want to try to do your best to get yourself positioned to get into the tournament and then if you can do better than that great but like I said nobody's unbeatable in this in this league all right let's look at who Mississippi State will take on Saturday that would be the Oklahoma Sooners they're a very similar team similar team to Mississippi State very very similar uh, Mississippi State scores 73.3 points per game. Oklahoma scores, let's see, they score 72.3 points per game. Mississippi State gives up 64.9. Oklahoma gives up 68.4. Very similar. Uh, shooting percentages. Oklahoma shoots 42.4% from the field. Mississippi State shoots 46.3. So they're a little bit better there, but... Oklahoma's a little bit better defensively in terms of from the field. Oklahoma gives up 40% from the field. Mississippi State gives up 41.4, so they're a little bit better there. Three-point shooting, they're about the same. Mississippi State is 32.6 from the from three land, and Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Oklahoma's 32.6, and Mississippi State's 32.9. Uh, State gives up 30.6, and Oklahoma gives up 31.9. I mean, they are very similar. I mean, these stats sound a lot alike because they are. Now, one thing that they are different is how they go about getting their points. Mississippi State does it a little bit more balanced in terms of getting their points to different people. Oklahoma has three guys, 
basically Mississippi State has four guys that gets most of their points. Oklahoma has three. Oklahoma is led in scoring by Christian Doolittle at 15.9 points per game, Brady Manick at 15.6, and Austin Rees at 14.7. The first two are guard swing players. I think Christian Doolittle might be a small forward. Uh, he can kind of do a lot. He gets 8.6 rebounds, scores 16 points per game, so that's really strong and impressive. He shoots 40.5% from three-point range, but he's only taken 42 on the year. So he takes about two and a half threes per game now brady manick is the opposite he shoots a lot of threes he's uh, shot 107 threes on the year he's shooting about five or six per game and he's hitting 44 percent of them so he's a guy that you're going to have to keep an eye on and make sure that he doesn't start lighting you up because if he does it's going to be hard to slow him down that's the last thing you want if you're mississippi state is to have a guy get hot in front of his home crowd uh, austin reeves is more of a I'm not really sure how he gets his point. I guess he's more... I think he might be the point guard. Yeah, he's the point guard. Uh, or either him or Jamal uh, Bienemy. I'm not sure which is which. Uh, one of them is. But anyway, he scores 14.7, but he's second on the team in assists at 48 per game. So just under three assists per game. They don't really have a guy that just dominates the team in, stat, in, in assists. But those are the three guys who are you're going to have to really keep your eye on. Um, like I said, Christian Doolittle, he leads the team in rebounding, so he's kind of your do-everything guy. Brady Manick actually has 22 blocks. That's interesting. And he's he appears to be a guard, and uh, but he leads the team in blocks. Now, Mississippi State, they get it from four guys. Uh, Reggie Perry, Tyson Carter, Nick Weatherspoon, and Robert Woodard all scored double figures. And you've got Tyson Carter doing that coming off the bench nowadays. The main thing you just got to watch out for if you're Mississippi State is you just don't want – I think you really just want to make sure that their two best players don't just get hot. If they're going to score points, make them, make them earn it. Make them get, take a lot of shots to get it. Make them become volume shooters. Because if you can do that, I think you'll be okay and you'll win this game. Because I really think Mississippi State is probably the better team, but this is being played in Oklahoma, so it kind of gives me pause for predicting a Mississippi State win. But they're playing so well right now, it's hard to bet against them. But those three games came at home. So I am going to go ahead and predict Mississippi State to win this game. I think they will win it about where both Oklahoma and Mississippi State are giving up points. I think Mississippi State ends up winning this thing 73-71. to Going to be about where they both finish in terms of points per game, um, in terms of giving up points per game. I've got a good feeling about the game. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I really feel like this team is playing well enough Despite the fact that two of the games were against bad opponents, Arkansas Arkansas is a good team, but Missouri and Georgia they really aren't. They only each only have one SEC win apiece. But like I said, I just feel like this team has a lot of confidence right now, and I think they're going to it's going to pay off for them this weekend when they head to when they head down to Oklahoma. It's it'll be I think you could end up having a situation where Mississippi State they look they have the the advantage, size advantage, like they did against Arkansas. Brady Manick is the, uh, their starting forward who shoots three balls so well. He's six nine, so he's actually you know that's probably the reason why he leads the team in blocks. But the rest of their team, you know, they're like six. They're kind of like Arkansas, they're, but they're a little bit longer. They're a little bit taller, so they'll have a, probably a little bit easier time defending. But Reggie Perry, he's just such a dominant force, and I think that they'll be able to ride him to get another win. Now, let's talk about the women's team. The women's team is, 
they put up such a fight against South Carolina. They had that game won. They were up nine in the fourth quarter, and they just could not hold on. That that's their inner that's their inexperience coming around. Look, this team is going to be good. This team is going to win games. They've already started winning them, but I don't know that they're going to win the SEC West, the SEC this year. Excuse me. I think they, they, they're they a game down to South Carolina. You're going to have to have South Carolina lose at least two to win it outright. Technically, you can still win the SEC by tying them and sharing the conference title, but I know a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, They'd rather win it outright than have to say that they shared it when they didn't win the head-to-head game. But they had a chance to win, and they proved to themselves that they can, that they can win that game, that they can hang with the best team in the country because that's what South Carolina is. They are the number one team in the country right now. And I think it proved a lot to themselves that, you know, this team can make a deep run. I don't know that they will, but I think they feel really confident in themselves. I mean, if you look at their schedule, the rest of the way, the only team that you probably are worried about is against Texas A&M, and that game is at home. You should win the rest of those games. Uh, You'll have some tough – you'll have a tough – you'll have some tough chances against – Kentucky has been good in the past. I don't know if there's any good this year. Arkansas has had some good years. But you should win the rest of your games from this point on. And at that point, if you just want to win the SEC, you got to hope and pray that South Carolina loses two times. And that's that's a bit of a tall order, but they're probably ahead of schedule. This team was – this is supposed to be a little bit – I mean, Mississippi State, a rebuild year for Mississippi State women's basketball is what it is now. You know, they're still a top-10 team in the country. And they'll probably be, you know, around there throughout the rest of the season, playing for possibly trying to get to a number two seed, maybe even at no worse number three seed. So that's where Mississippi State women's basketball is. That's what a rebuild is for them. And hopefully next year they'll have these players who haven't don't have a ton of experience. They'll step up and become the players that we think they can be based off of their potential. I mean, you're looking at get people like Rakia Jackson, who's already starting and has, I mean. Probably had her coming out party against South Carolina. You look at Jemiah Mingo Young, who also played really well against South Carolina. You've also got Aliyah Matharu. I never can't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she absolutely lit up South Carolina in just a few minutes. I think she scored like 10 points in like eight minutes or something like that. So you got lots of lots of promising players that are young freshmen, sophomores that have a really good chance of elevating your program. But they're still going to take a little bit of time. And like I said, maybe they got, maybe they found the confidence that they need this past Monday night against the against the South Carolina Gamecocks. So we'll see how where they where they end up. I've always said with the women's team ever since the Vic Schaefer, Vic Schaefer got this team on a roll. You know, we'll check back with them in for a couple of games throughout the regular season. But for the most part, we judge a Mississippi State women's basketball season based on how they do in March, because that is where they have elevated the program to. We don't really care that much about the regular season because they're going to do what they're supposed to. I mean, they've only lost three times. They probably won't lose much more than that before the NCAA tournament gets here, and now you're then you're just kind of setting yourself up for trying to put yourself in the best position to win in the NCAA tournament. So, All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and cut the show off there. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Next week, we should be back on a regular schedule. I appreciate you guys tuning in, wherever it may be that you tune in from. But until next time, and as always, Hell State.